I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, that is good. I'm just that sad. Is sad. Wow. <laughs> Dude, that's pretty good. This is Dick Lee bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha Packs, exploring their F3 experiences and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. Today we've got uh, a man on the show that um, was recently the site queue out at the maze. I think this guy's been doing F3 for maybe three years, uh, a little over three years. Um, and uh, I had the pleasure of just working with him on some uh, kind of new AO kind of site development uh, out West and um, just was awesome to see his leadership. So I know he's impacted a lot of guys in our region. So barn door, uh, is on the the cast today and um, Barndor, you look great. He's sporting his F three gear. Um, That's right, got to represent. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell us? Uh, just you know, go back to the start if you would. Um, you know, tell us who EH'd you and and maybe about that first workout and uh, how'd you get the name Barndor. Yeah, so I guess the the true EH probably goes to my wife. Um, I had no clue what F three was. She didn't either. She just randomly saw it on uh, Facebook, I think it was. And it turned out that Low Man is from our hometown of Columbus also. And he posted the World Herald article uh, from several years back. So she saw it, read it, um, thought it was a good thing. So she pointed it out to me. So then, of course, me being the engineer that I am, I go research all of it, see what, see what it's all about. And then the, the next Thursday... Um, I showed up to the maze without knowing anybody. Um, I knew who Low Man was, but didn't really know him. Um, so I just showed up, and actually it turned out that he happened to be at the maze that day, uh, which he said was rare because he's never usually at that site. Um, but yeah, I showed up and just loved it. Let's um, see the my name, Barn Door. So. Like I said, I did the research a little bit to see what how what it's all about. Um, already had an idea that I was going to get a name, um, so I tried to come up with some type of embarrassing story to to kind of gear my name a little bit. Um, but yeah, in high school, I went to it was I think it was an FFA convention, national convention. So it's just big room, tons of kids, tons of you know exhibitors, and one of them was I believe the National Guard. And they had a spot where you could do pull-ups, uh, see how many you could do. So I, you know, thinking big and bad, high schooler, go up there and try to do some pull-ups. I don't know how many I did, but turn around, walk back to my friends. And then at that point, they proceed to tell me that my fly was down the entire time I was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so I told that story. Nice. Um, yeah, I kind of had that uh, nickname similar to that. It was actually Peeker through, oh. uh, through high school. Uh, but yeah, Barndor fit. That's awesome. I didn't know. I had never heard that uh, original name story. That's a good one. And did you tell him about the the nickname Peeker or or no? No, I don't. I don't think that ever came out during the name Rama. Okay. Well, Barndor, I like that. That's a good fit. I think. You know, I wonder if some guys probably think like you. You know, are a farmer or grew up on a farm or it has something to do with that. But it's totally not. I love that. No, definitely wasn't a farmer. But I did grow up. You know, in Columbus is a pretty small rural town, so around a lot of farmers 
So, so um, you came out, you knew Lowman, uh, or you kind of knew knew of him. Um, was there anybody else there that you knew or that uh, you were friends with outside of F3? No, nobody that I knew. Um, big one I had met years previously. Uh, again, though, didn't realize he was in F3 or part of F3 until a little while later. Uh, but yeah, he was, his wife is, good friends with one of my friend's wife from growing up uh, so that's kind of how I met him several years ago okay and I guess to go back to the the pull-up story did you how many did you do <laughs> yeah that I don't remember okay. it probably wasn't very many <laughs> yeah all right where where were you at fitness wise when you came into f3 were you already working out doing some some sort of fitness routine or so yeah I mean coming in um in high school, I played, you know, every sport. I was in pretty good shape until my senior year. Then senior year, I just played soccer and then got a job. So I kind of got fat and out of shape then or started to anyway. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the college route, it just adds on there. Oh. Um, then fast forward a little bit, uh, got married. And probably around the time, shortly after the time of getting married, I was probably at my heaviest which I don't remember exactly what it was, but I'm going to say 210. Okay. Um, which at, at only five foot 10 tall, that's pretty, that's a lot. Um, so I started doing some stuff, mostly just around the house, down in the basement, um, you know, telling myself that I was working out, but it was really just going down and walking on a treadmill and watching a show on the iPad or something. So it really wasn't getting that, that involved uh, in physical fitness there. Yeah. So the, so the first workout, do you remember who was leading or was it a, was it challenging for you or what was that? Oh like? yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so ethanol was the, the cue D again, didn't know him, had no clue what to expect. Uh, low man kind of took me under the wing since he was there. And I remember about midway through passing out and I, so I just low man kept telling me, you know, you versus you don't worry about it. Uh, so I actually walked back to my car to get some water and sit down for a couple of minutes, but then jump back into it. Nice. Nice. And how, so, you know, for maybe other guys that have had that same experience, I mean, do you feel like a lot of support and, you know, it was anybody give you a hard time or, or what was that like? Uh, no, no. Everybody's always been supportive. Um, you know, yeah. everybody always says it's you versus you and don't worry about the guy that's running, you know, faster than you. There's always going to be somebody that you can run with. Yeah. Well, and now, I mean, you know, before we started recording, we were just talking about uh, Iron Packs Challenge. So you've made uh, made quite a bit of, of progress. What's been kind of your journey or how have you gotten to where you're at today? What have been the things you've been engaged with? Yeah, so like you said, I started about three years ago. It was actually September, beginning of September when I started three years ago. Um, I think I jumped into one of the IPC weeks that first year and thought it was nuts. Um, but then of course, by year two, I was all about it and ready to go. Yeah. Um, and now, um, when I started F3, I would only post, you know, maybe a couple days a week, kind of eased into it. Didn't want to kill myself. But then at, at that same time, I was also doing a lot of studying for some professional tests. Yeah, so that took up a lot of my time. I stayed up late, so I didn't want to get up early. Uh, but once I got through that, I uh, started to to post more regularly, you know, maybe three or four days a week. 
started to see a lot of the pre-runners and in my head said, no way in heck can I do that. So joined the, the rucking crew. Uh, so for six months to a year, maybe did a lot of the rucking. Um, out at the maze at that point, it was pretty slim to no participation out there. It tended to be me and a roll bar and that was about it. Uh, but I, I know there were several times I was out there on my own. Uh, but then finally, probably about a year, year and a half ago now, I decided to start doing some running on my own because I wanted to join the running crew. Uh, so got got out there and just did some on my own to see what I could actually do because it had been a while since I'd ran you know long distance like that. And now it's it's like I crave it. I, I can't show up to a workout without doing a pre-run, it seems like. Yeah, I love that. I, you know, it's so funny. So it's funny you mentioned low man, and I don't know how many guys know this, but the way the pre-run started was, you know, somebody had done their done their BQ, and it was it wasn't the most challenging workout. And so low man, low man, and and I were like, you know, we were like, well, we still want guys to lead, and we don't want them to feel like they have to make the workout really hard, but we still want to work out. And so we were like, how could we do that? So we just said, let's show up early and, and run. Um, and then it just kept getting earlier and earlier. And we're like, you know, this is crazy, but it's really taken off. And um, I, I hear a lot of guys now, they like the second F from it, but you've, you've done rucking too, which also has a really good uh, second F component. So what's, what's your, you know, as you kind of um, compare some of the different, uh, options for guys what's been i mean what do you like the best or what how would you uh, kind of guide someone to pick one or try yeah, I, I like i like both options for you know obviously you're getting some physical fitness in but yeah the second f um i'm one of the guys that can't go to coffee too often mm -hmm. so for me to get that second f it usually has to be before the workout or you know the little bit that you get during the workout yeah. so yeah like i said it started with that rucking um and, you know, almost anybody can do a ruck. Uh, you don't have to go out there with 50 pounds. You can start with 10 and work your way up to whatever you want to get to. Uh, so that, you know, that really is open to, you know, pretty much almost anybody. And it's a great way to get, you know, half an hour of second half time in with whoever you're, you're rucking with. Um, the pre-running, if you're just starting out, it might be a little harder to get the second half in because you're trying to catch your breath the whole time. But uh once you get used to it, you can definitely get a lot of second F there too. Yeah. How, so, so kind of where you started from a fitness perspective and, and where you're at today, you feel like you've seen some pretty significant improvements or how, how would you see yourself today? Oh yeah. It's, it's a world of difference. Um, during the pandemic was working from home and that's when I really started to focus on kind of the eating aspect of health. Mm. Um, so I really started to kind of do some reading and research there, started to actually pay attention to what I was eating. And during that year, I dropped about 20 pounds. Wow. Um, uh, prior to that, you know, doing F3, I was dropping a few pounds here and there, but nothing major. Um, but yeah, I'm from my peak, I'm probably down about 40 pounds total. Wow. Good for you. So yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely been a game changer. That's awesome. Well, and so did you do queen service throughout any of that or? I've done, I think, two of the queen service rounds. Um, my problem there is I, at the start, I think, oh, I got plenty of time left. And then by the end, I'm like, oh, crap, I'm not going to hit my goal. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I did do it a couple of times. It, 
it's definitely evolved from what I've been seeing. Uh, so they're doing, you know, trying to do a lot more accountability through it and kind of forming your own little queen service shield lock group, which is probably more beneficial than when we first started it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's amazing um, just hearing all of the different things you've participated in. I mean, it's, you know, no wonder you're, you're still here and engaged and, you know, helping us to, to lead new sites, but just, Curious from a fellowship perspective, I mean, um, have you been able to develop some close relationships or get into a shield lock? Or, I mean, it sounds like you've, you've done all these different activities that have a huge second F uh, impact, even without being able to go to coffee. So what's been your kind of journey there from a fellowship standpoint? Yeah, so it really kind of kicked off when I got a little bit more into the running side, uh, showing up doing a lot of the pre-runs. And then um, really started to form relationship with Cheap Seats and Gator and Blades on those pre-runs. Yeah. Uh, and then shortly after that, uh, us four plus Mufasa decided to start a sh our shield lock. So the five of us are in a shield lock. And, um, you know, we, we try to meet on a regular basis. However, it seems to be a lot more difficult than it probably should be. Yeah. Uh, just with everybody's schedules and everything. So, yeah, we... We had the intention of meeting about every two weeks, but it turns into about every two months. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's been shield locks are great things though. Um, you know, you get you form that close bond. You got somebody you know to ask advice to get hold yourself accountable. Um, you know, you can you can do whatever you want in that shield lock. You can go through the you know the Q source. You can kind of do your own thing. You can do a Bible study, whatever you really want to do. You know, in your little group. Um, if you're out. That's awesome. What, um, so, so of all those guys, Mufasa is the only non-runner, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we like to give them a hard time and try to get them out on some pre-runs every once in a while. Oh, that's awesome. And have you guys, how have you formatted yours? Just kind of curious, because I, I know guys out there are doing different things with shield locks, but do you guys go through, have you gone through the Q source or what's been your kind of format? Uh, with, with the, uh, kind of non-sequential meetings that we've had. We have started doing some of the Queens or the Q source, um, but not very consistently. We've done the eight block yeah. a few different times. Um, I think the last, one of the last times we met, we actually ended up going to Gator's house for coffee. And he threw out a suggestion that, he had done before where you go around your little group and you make a comment to each person, you know, one thing that you like about them or that they've done good and one thing that they could improve on. So we went around and did that with everybody. And, uh, you know, that was kind of not necessarily eye opening, but, uh, it's just good to hear it come out of somebody else's mouth and something you're doing good at or something you can also improve on too. Yeah. Wow. And that's, I mean, those are the kind of, relationships that really promote, you know, male community leadership, right? I mean, having guys that, that know you and can give you feedback and, um, or correction like that. I, I love that. I think it's great. Yeah. When we, when we do get together, we usually try to kind of do our own little beat down mm. before, before we actually meet. Uh, so we'll, what we tend to do is have our own little beat down and we've got a, you know, a, a queue that's in charge of it, but then the actual beat down itself, we each take like a seven minute block and come mm -hmm. up with our own little seven minutes of the workout. Nice. And we don't tell each other in advance. 
so you know you could get all five of us doing arms or you could get a complete variation you just you never know what it's going to be so it's it's always fun it, you know it keeps you on your toes keeps you guessing yeah i love that my my shield lock uh normally will run beforehand but then our we kind of do a random you know rotate who's leading kind of a cot kind of thought-provoking thing to talk about but they they don't like they don't they won't let me lead because apparently i talk too much so i don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that's all about um uh, so so it sounds like you you've really been able to uh develop some close relationships with with those guys how about um you know, just fellowship with other guys that maybe you don't know or that are new coming to the group. How has, how has that been for you? Um, I mean, with my personality and as Mufasa would say, I don't like to talk, um, but uh, you know, I try, I always try to, if I see somebody new, try to say hi to them, try to get to know them a little bit. Um, if I'm doing a pre-run, you know, somebody that I haven't ran with before, I'll, I'll try to get to know them. Um I haven't personally brought a whole lot of people into, into F3. I think I've EH three people maybe, and there's only one still doing it. Um, so yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot of close, you know, past friends that are in F3, but I've definitely been able to, to meet some people and, and get to know quite a few of them. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think that's okay. I mean, I think that's, that's probably pretty normal. I, you know, it's interesting. You just see all these different types of guys that come out and, you know, from, you know, introvert to extrovert and everywhere in between. And, um, you know, I think some of the guys that have EH the most, you know, the highest number of guys, they still have the same percentage, right. That, that have come back or not. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's cool to, to see, um, you know, curious, you know, and maybe it's related to, to shield lock or, um, maybe it's completely separate, but, you know, we try to uh, encourage guys to develop their faith or just to give access to resources, um, just kind of this concept of a power greater than yourself. Um, so curious, what's been your kind of journey or experience on that third F? Uh, I mean, third F uh, was raised, kind of raised Catholic. Um, wasn't a wasn't a big thing growing up. We'd go to, you know, your Wednesday CCD classes. And other than that, it was randomly going to church on holidays and stuff. Um, once I got out of the house, it was very rare that I would ever go to church or anything. Um, but I'd say since I've been dated my wife and got married, um, it's, and I, I don't know if it's that or just me maturing, I've, uh, I've come to, uh, you know, want to read the Bible and read devotions and things like that a lot more often. Um, I always tell myself we need to go to church more, mm. but just, you know, schedule wise seems that there's always something else going on. So unfortunately we don't make it a whole lot still. Um, but we do have a church that we go to on a regular basis, fairly regular basis. Um, we try to on Sunday night, uh, do like a little Bible or, kids devotion reading with our two girls uh, and they actually love it they kind of crave it my daughter uh, oldest daughter goes to bible study and stuff every other wednesday uh, so yeah they 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 love it and it's definitely been a, a growing aspect um but yeah, there's always room for improvement there on for me yeah what um and i know um 
I'm thinking of, I think a lot of times for, before those pre-runs, um, I noticed you're in your, you're in your car, uh, reading. So is that a, a devotional time for you or? No, unfortunately not usually a devotion. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's yeah. Over the last year or so I have made it a goal of mine to do a lot more reading because previously I wouldn't read. Um, so actually I've already got in this year, like 10 or so books, which nice. is a lot for me. Uh, but yeah, those are usually, you know, they've been diet related, health related. Um, right now I'm reading, uh, an Afghan, Afghanistan war, uh, book. So yeah, that's, that's more just been random books. Okay. No, I, I like that. You know, it, it's interesting too, the number of guys that I think you're right. It's it, as we mature, but you know, kind of grew up in a, in a certain faith and then you go through life and, and then as you're looking at your family, you know, kind of realize there's um, a need for that. But, you know, as you think about like within F3 and maybe some of the book studies or uh, I don't know if it's COTs or conversations that we have, I mean, how, how do you feel like F3 has maybe helped encourage or inspire or motivate you to explore that faith a little bit more or, or has it, maybe it hasn't, I don't know. No, I'd say it, it definitely has, um, you know, the COTs, just hearing other guys' stories, um, hearing them, you know, pray it out at the end. Um, that really just brings it to, brings it to front of your mind and makes you think about it. Um, I'm not, I haven't in the past been a big, you know, public led prayer guy. Um, I, so in, in F3, I've led, you know, a few throughout the years in COT. Um, but that is something I need to improve on myself also. I, I tend to ask somebody else to lead the prayer when I queue. Um, so that's something I, I should be doing myself, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, um, I've been trying to kind of intentionally ask a different guy to pray. You know, I think we always ask, um, some of the same guys, you know, like, I, I don't know. I feel like, like uh tonight show, not to put him on the spot, but he gets asked to pray a lot. Uh, yeah. There's you know, some go-tos. <laughs> yeah. Tonight show, maybe Vlasic, uh, you know, you know, guys that we know, they know how to pray and they can pray pretty well. But um, what I've noticed about that is like asking a different guy to pray kind of gives them a, you know, spotlight. Some guys are uncomfortable, so it gets them out of that, you know, comfort zone a little bit, but do you think, um, you know, as you're thinking about, uh, you know, just kind of that third F, um, talk to me a little bit about the community service kind of aspect of that. Has that changed for you over the over the past or just with within F3? Um, it's definitely brought a lot more opportunities to me. Um, unfortunately, timing wise, they usually don't tend to pan out for me. No. Uh, but I have, you know, I've, I'll, I'll donate to. Uh, some of the charities and things that we do drives for. Um, I've always, I've always wanted to be more involved in actually going out and volunteering for things. Um, but just with, you know, with the family, it's hard to sometimes, uh, especially when some of those volunteer opportunities, you have to, you know, your 2.0s have to be a certain age. Um, I want to start getting them, getting them out to them. And once they're, you know, 10, 12, it'll be a lot easier. So a couple of years yet for that. Um, and then, yeah, every, every time our church has a volunteer opportunity, I swear there's, I've got, I'm out of town or girls have a soccer game or something. Um, 
so it usually doesn't pan out where I can actually participate, but it's, it's a goal of mine that I want to definitely be more involved in some of that volunteer opportunity. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I was going to take my uh, seven-year-old to the brush up project and uh, was, was advised that that would not probably end. <laughs> you know, and I, and after thinking it through, I'm like, yeah, it would have been a, a disaster. Yeah, probably, probably not. She would have been bored or painting other things that didn't need painted or, you know, that type of thing. But what, um, you know, I think the other, the other piece of that, right, is, is just the living third uh, mentality, which sounds like you're doing with your family. So, you know, I, I mean, kudos there. I think that's um, all about kind of the season you're in. So, you know, I, I did want to just touch on um, kind of the concentrica. You, I feel like just as you're talking through your experience, you're uh, maybe using that model or, or some other model just to prioritize family and stuff there. But what's your take on that? Has that uh, been a helpful tool for you? Oh, yeah. The Concentrica is definitely good. We talk about it in our shield lock quite often, um, just to try to keep it front and center. And actually, just a couple of weeks ago, T-Ball in uh, the Q-Source at the Whetstone threw out the idea that him and you know the, a few other PAX members that do it, you know, at the beginning of the week, they'll ask their wife, if their wife is somebody that gets up and works out in the morning, They'll ask their wife, you know, hey, is there a day where you want me to stay home and do a workout with you? Mm. So it was kind of funny that he said that because about a week later, my wife started suggesting that or hinting at that. So uh, this last week was the first time we did it uh, Wednesday morning. Mm -hmm. And so I, th I think she really appreciated that. But I mean, outside of the, you know, working out, I, I definitely try to prioritize family based on the concentrica model um you know we're we all could spend 70 hours a day with our jobs if we needed to but uh it's not healthy for anybody really no. uh, anybody in your concentrica so yeah i i try to make it a point i'll, I'll get the help get the girls ready in the morning for school do their hair get their lunch ready get all that you know taken care of before i worry about you know, hopping on my phone or getting out on the out of the door on the way to work or anything. Mm, that's great. And, you know, I, I love that idea of, you know, so they talk about the concentrica and, and you know, F3 is not necessarily in the concentrica and, and we're not either, which I think, you know, I've definitely experienced like when I first started, I was all in, you know, six days a week. And then you kind of realize like oh I need to pull back and you know so there is kind of this it's interesting right as an organization we're almost you know for some guys we're like promoting uh you know prioritize your wife above the the group right or the organization yeah, uh, yeah it's it's very hard to do sometimes because I'm very much a creature of habit yeah. so if I'm not you know waking up at four o'clock and going to f3 then I feel like my day's thrown off a little bit yeah um so yeah, it's it's definitely a challenge, but it, it's in the end, it's a better better thing to do is prioritize the concentrica. Yeah, curious how you how do you manage those days mentally? Because I I'll be honest, I had you know this morning I missed a VQ and um, for uh, for Chowda, and I was really disappointed, but it was it was you know a result of prioritizing family, and so 
um, you know, I didn't get as tough of a workout in and, you know, so I, I, you know, kind of mentally I'm, I'm right there with you where it's like, you, you feel it, but how, what do you do or how do you get through those days that maybe don't follow the ideal routine? Oh man, it's, it, it can be a challenge. Um, I, you know, I don't know that I have a, a really good answer for that. Mm -hmm. It's really just trying to, you know, keep, keep moving forward in everything you're doing, um, work, family, everything, you know, um, just trying to keep, keep those things front and center and keep on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's almost a trick question, right? Cause I don't know that any of us have figured that out. I, you know, I think, um, and maybe the shield lock is a helpful resource, right? Tap into that shield lock, let them know what you're, you know, just get the validation that you did the right thing. And, you know, but um, yeah, if, if anybody listening has the answer to that, let us know. Yeah, <laughs> that would be, definitely let us know. That would be a good one. But yeah, like you said, the shield lock does help there. We, uh, Gator was actually trying to get us to do a shield lock beat down this last Wednesday morning, but I, I turned it down and said, nope, I'm, that's the day I'm staying home with the wife and doing a workout. So yeah. Good for you. Good for you. And most of the time, at least in my experience, the response from guys is like, awesome. You're doing the right thing. You know, I think there's like this fear of you're going to let other people down, but um, ultimately that, you know, most important relationship with your M is, is where your focus should be. So. And even when you, uh, so third, you know, three and a half or three, three and a half years in F3 and just, Thursday was kind of my first partial fart sack experience. Uh -huh. <laughs> Wednesday afternoon, I threw out to the Miller Mojo guys that we should do a 10K pre-run at the maze. I'm needing some miles to get to my goal by the end of the year. And so I, I had a few guys agree. And then yeah, that night I woke up at like three o'clock in the morning, was like, okay, you know, I can fall back asleep, got plenty of time. Well, come to find out, I wake up at 4.41 and we're supposed to be running at 4.30. Uh -huh. um, but, you know, even, even in those experiences, the, you know, the guys will give you a little bit of a hard time, but it's not like they're going to, you know, hate you or throw you under the bus or anything. Uh, yeah. They're all understanding. Yeah. My, my worst uh, nightmare, you know, actually happened. I, I was supposed to queue at the woodshed one time and I completely fart sacked and that was... <laughs> Uh, I just remember waking up in a panic and it was too late to even, even get there. And, um, you know, the funny thing was in my mind, it was like, guys were going to be mad. And uh, if anything, they were just worried, you know, they're like, where's he at? You know? Right. That's exactly what Cheap Seat said. He goes, man, we were worried about you. This is not like you to be, to be late. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> you know, sometimes your, your body will override your mind and tell you, you need, you need more sleep, but what, um, you know, I think the other piece that we're always trying to do is just promote leadership. And we do that through, you know, VQs and being a site queue and some guys just lead naturally in other ways. But um, curious, if, do you remember your VQ? What was that experience like? I, I, I don't remember the VQ a whole lot, but I actually did just recreate it last week at the maze. Okay. Um, all I remember about the actual VQ is that it was January 2nd. So it was kind of like a New Year's beatdown. Um, and I'm pretty sure I did it at the maze. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was, I had to plan for snow. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't, it wasn't exactly sure what the weather was going to be like. So we just kept it pretty simple. Uh, just kind of did an Indian run around the little neighborhood there. And then the beatdown was 
uh, a station on the north end and the south end of the parking lot. That way we could keep it kind of in the parking lot if it was snowy. Uh, but yeah, we recreated that just this last week. And I, the only modification I really made was that I moved it to the football field so that we had a lot more distance between the two workout stations. And that was really the only, the only thing I modified. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and I think, um, back to the maze, you've been, so you've, you've been going to the maze for a long time. So you, do you remember the, uh, you know, I feel like ethanol had several where he led a deck of cards in the snow and was, you know, trying to toggle his phone with his nose or. <laughs> yeah, he, he probably did those back before I was coming out in the winter. Oh man. That, that was my early days. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all right. I think um, the maze has always been, you know, and, and for guys that don't know, the maze was really our, our first Thursday site, although there could be some debate as to the, um, you know, we had a Thursday evening site down at Stinson Park uh, at one point, but, um, you know, at, I think as you look at the maze and you look at all the different site queues and, you know, so you would have been fourth or fifth generation site queue. Fourth. 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 Yep. <laughs> What was that process like, taking over the site and um, just leading the guys there? Yeah, I, I think it was on a pre-run. Uh, maybe it wasn't a pre-run. Maybe it was just a, a warmer-rama run. Um, but Sasquatch was the site queue at the time, and he you know, was looking to start finding somebody to take over. So he mentioned it to me on one of the runs there, and my immediate answer was no. <laughs> just because I had, you know, didn't know what was involved, um, didn't know anything about it really. So then I put more thought into it after saying no immediately and got to thinking and I was like, you know, why not do it? I'm there pretty much every single Thursday anyway. There's probably not a whole lot involved with it other than finding somebody that leads the workouts each week. So then I talked to him a little bit more about it. And, you know, after, after I got a little bit more of the facts, it was, it was a, kind of a no brainer. Uh, pretty easy task. Yeah. What, um, and I guess as you, as you led, I mean, I have, I have some examples of your leadership, but just talk, talk me through as a site queue. I mean, um, is there more than just the schedule or what, uh, what was your experience just getting to lead guys and, uh, fill out the schedule or kind of steward the, the relationship between the packs and, and F3? What was that like for you? Uh, it was, it was good. Um, it it definitely, you know, it, it's not a lot of work outside of just lining up that the person that's going to queue. Um, it, it really just, I tried to get as many different people as I could to lead the workout. Um, tried to not only get guys that are always there, but some guys that were kind of random showing up mm -hmm. uh, just to get, get more, more packs involved and kind of broaden the the scope or the range of other packs that would follow them so i had i don't know maybe three or four different sarpy guys come up and queue there um so they often travel with a few extra guys that come with them uh, so that was always fun and it, you know it, they bring other ideas for you know exercises or or beat downs overall so it's fun to get those ideas out there um and then, yeah, you know, just showing up, being there when everybody gets there, um, you know, saying hi or introducing yourself to everybody when they're there. The only thing I really changed or did differently was 
threw out the idea of doing a 10K pre-run on the second Thursday of the month, every month. Started that probably about halfway through um, my my site queue leadership there. And I think, I think the guys really liked it. Um, we always had at least three or four guys doing that. And then we'd have, you know, another five to seven guys show up for the 5K portion of it. So we'd, we'd swing around and pick them up so that we'd all run together. And I really think it's, it's, it's grown the, the running culture out at the maze quite a bit. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and I think the other thing too, is just, I mean, like you mentioned earlier, there, there weren't a lot of pre-runners there, right. It, you know, prior. And so just getting kind of creating that. Um, and I, I love that idea of like, you know, just the, you know, second Thursday of the month, let's do, you know, a little bit extra and, um, you know, I think we are starting to see more and more uh, runners throughout the region. And, you know, and I think guys like uh, getting a 10 K in if they've been running a 5 K, you know, for a while. And um, so kudos for that idea. Yeah, the 5 K at the maze is really a, a, it's a great location for people starting to run or starting to try to run because it's pretty flat. Um, you can break off at two miles or you can keep going to your three miles. Um, the two mile portion though is really it's pretty flat. There's just the one hill uh, over by the at the other edge of the lake just to get up to the road there. But um, if you cut it off at two miles, you you miss the Atlas Hill, which is the the not so fun hill. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's a great it's a great spot to start running. And how did you manage through? Because you had some construction at the site in your during your your time. What was that like? Or you just kind of? I mean. I, were there just cones and guys knew to avoid it or how did you manage through that? No, that really wasn't too bad at all. They, they tore up some of the running paths. So, you know, guys would just jump into the grass or jump out to the road. Um, yeah. You know, everybody just kind of managed it, I guess. Yeah. Good. I, you know, the other thing, and I don't know if guys, um, if everybody knows this, but you know, when, when, so the maze, you know, as you were the psych you started having a ton of numbers, um, you know, as far as the number of guys posting every week. And so, you know, it wasn't too long. We started looking at it and we're like, okay, we need, <laughs> we need another option out here. Um, Cause we were getting in the thirties, you know, and I think um, what was so helpful, I think at one point, um, you know, I remember a text from either you or, or Gator that just was, you know, here are the numbers for the last eight weeks. Right. It was like, you know, 33, 34, 30, you know, it was just, and then maybe one day at 28. Um, but it was, it was really clear, uh, that we needed to do something. And, um, so I guess part, part of my question there is kind of the, uh, data, uh, management or how, how are you doing that? Keeping track of the attendance there? What was your strategy? So actually hard hat when he was the site dealer started a, a Google doc, uh, or spreadsheet. And, uh, passed it on along to Sasquatch and then I got it from him. Um, so I just used that and it, I had spreadsheets, F3 spreadsheets, um, help me automate some of it. Oh, cool. So that way you can, you can put in some of the names. So each, each week yeah, I just go through the name Rama video, add each person's name into the spreadsheet, um, and then make sure that they're, you know, on, on the next tab so that their name gets read automatically. And then it'll, it keeps track of when was the last time they posted, how many times have they posted, uh, how many times have they queued, 
So it keeps uh, a lot of that data automatically in that spreadsheet. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's something that we've tried to we're trying to do as a region, and I know a lot of other regions are using Pax Miner or other tools to do that. But I really appreciate you doing that just at an individual site queue level because that I mean that makes a de decision really easy, right? And you kind of think of you think of starfish being, you know, the purpose there to take pressure off versus expansion kind of venturing into a new area and, and clearly mm. there's a, a need to starfish. And then, you know, the other thing that I just, I thought was just genius that you did, and I don't know if it was intentional or, or how you kind of worked through the decision here, but I, there was a day we were kind of looking at, okay, should we add a running site or some other specialty site? And um, you had kind of taken the group one day and I think you just split them up said, Hey, this, we're going to go for a run or this group's going to do the workout. And I mean, had, walk us through that. How, what was that like? Or how did you kind of, so that's a, we were, you and I and Gator were already kind of talking about what we should do there. Um, and the, the idea of the running site was thrown out. So I just decided, you know, we, we were typically getting, you know, 30 to 40 guys at the maze. Um, and I think I had Duracell coming up to to cue from Sarpy. And he he had actually reached out to me in advance and said, Hey, how are how are the guys at the maze with running? What are they, you know, what are their thoughts? If I come and lead a, a running workout, is that okay? And I, I said, Yeah, go ahead and do it. Um, but then I suggested to him, I said, Hey, you know, there's some guys that may not want to run, you know, three miles during the beatdown. So why don't you come up with a running beatdown? I'll come up with more of a traditional beatdown. And we'll give the guys the option and we'll, you know, that'll kind of give us an idea of would a running site be interesting to some of these guys. Yeah. And I think it, I think it ended up being close to kind of a 50, 50 split and about half the guys went on the running site and half of them stayed down with the maze with me. Yeah. So yeah it was just, it was just kind of a good tester to, to see what the guys were wanting to do. Yeah. That was awesome. And I love, you know, as a site queue, right. I mean, I think that's, totally within your realm of things to do, right? Figure out what the guys that you're, that are coming to your site really are, are interested in. Um, and that helped us to launch the, the labyrinth, um, you know, just right close by that's a, a running AO. So I just, I don't know, that was super helpful. And I think just that you took initiative, you know, kind of free to lead and um, did that yourself was so cool. Cause I, I think, I don't know, sometimes it seems like guys are waiting for somebody else to tell them, um, you know, what to do. And that's, I mean, that was, that's that's you serving the packs you know kind of the uh, another uh third f example there so i love that and then i think the other piece um you know that was also really cool was just getting feedback from the guys at the maze like you know where where would the, they go as far as location and i love some of the feedback that guys said you know at another site but um if we can keep coffee together uh let's do it and that i think was really um, just the history of the site and the guys that, you know, traditionally have gone there. Um, you know, it was just really cool to have that as a priority for, for the packs, but what, you know, as we launched the labyrinth, the other thing you did um, that was so cool was you uh, encouraged the guys at the maze that day on, on the labyrinth launch day to come up for um, kind of the COT or the official launching. But what was that like from your perspective as you kind of saw that come to fruition? Yeah, it's, it's, since the sites are so close, it's really just a great way to, you know, encourage your, your fellow PAX members to, on whatever it happens to be, you know, that time was the launch. Um, I believe it was, um, 
the the obi-wan flag path for the maze mm-hmm. the labyrinth guys came down and joined us for the flag path so yeah it's, it's just a good way to you know get more packs there and get more encouragement and support for whatever it happens to be going on whether it's a vq or a shovel flag pass or whatever um just a good way to get that extra support yeah yeah, it was it was cool. Well, I just I appreciate your leadership there, and you know, curious as you were looking for a successor, what what kind of um, you know process or you know, I don't know if criteria is the right word, but what what were you thinking through, or what uh, how'd you land with Obi Wan? Uh, I I wasn't thinking about it a whole lot at the point, um, but Gator kind of got into my ear and said, "Hey, you might want to start thinking about it." This was like the towards the beginning of summer. Uh, in the spring maybe even and you just said hey you might want to start thinking about who you're going to pass it to because we're going to be opening a you know a lot of sites and whoever you're thinking about might get pulled in to open one of those sites so you better get on the ball and grab them before they get pulled into that Um, so then I you know I started thinking about it and you know Obi-Wan was really a no-brainer in my mind I've known him for what like 10 to 15 years, something like that. Uh, Cause he actually worked with me here at Schnackle Engineers. And uh, then we kind of parted ways. And ever, ever since I met him, um, you know, I've seen nothing but growth. I've kept in touch with him over the years, just through industry events and stuff. And then um, he remembered me talking to him one time about F3. So when he was, you know, really interested, he actually reached back out to me. So we, I filled him in a little bit more. Uh, you know, told him about which sites would be closest to him. So then we lined up, you know, getting him out there and getting him at the maze. And then even, you know, even in, in F3, he's done nothing but grow, uh, you know, started coming out. I think it was maybe a few days a week at first, but quickly grew into multiple days, mm-hmm. uh, if not every day. And again, he, you know, jumped into the pre-running group pretty quickly, uh, got started in that. And just, I could see, you know, he, he, I was probably about the only guy he knew that I'm aware of anyway, but he didn't, he didn't care. He got out there, he met guys, got to know them, uh, got into a, his own shield lock pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of a no brainer that he's, he's a good leader and has good growth potential there. Yeah. I had a chance to work out with him yesterday. He was, he was in my group and uh, he asked a really good question. Um, I noticed that about him. So I, I think you picked a, a good, uh, good leader there to take over, you know, curious too, um, if you think about just, you know, after Omaha, you've been in this for a while and we're, we've, we've grown a lot, you know, and, um, a lot of organizations have kind of this four year dip, they call it. And, you know, so we want to look at retention and, um, you know, still expanding and growing all that sort of stuff, but, what sort of advice or, you know, words of wisdom or insight or things do you think we should be making sure we're, we're paying attention to either as site cues or uh, just as, as packs um, in general? Uh, I mean, really just kind of staying involved. Um, really, if you, if you know somebody that was coming out and now they're no longer coming out, reach out to them, just kind of see what's going on, check in with them. You know, I mean, it may be as simple as, you know, their life got busy and they couldn't come out and then they kind of forgot about it. And, a, you know, a little reminder would help get them back out. Um, but then even just at the workout, um, you know, really living up to the pick up the six mentality is a, is a big thing. Um, long neck, 
he uh he's a new packs about about a month in or so and he decided to do one of the iron packs challenges a couple weeks ago i think it was week one or week two and he uh told us that during that that beat down after one round of the square he was just shot and diddy you know basically gave up his time his reps whatever it happened to be and got over there and just did every single workout every single exercise with long neck mm. and long neck shared with us that he goes that right there is what solidified it for me that f3 is not just a workout group it's much more than that yeah. um so just continue to pick up the six always give them support uh, no matter what it is whether it's in the workout or in life or whatever it happens to be that they they need picked up in and i think just continuing that will uh keep continuing to grow f3 in omaha here yeah man i I love that and i do like that about iron packs is there's um those examples of picking up the six are just uh i I remember bloodshot you know several years ago was was uh the six and you just start you just saw this swarm of guys go to support him and um i i agree that's such an impactful moment um that probably does solidify, you know, for those guys. So that's, that's a good reminder. I, you know, I find that sometimes I, I will, you know, you're running to a ne- the next spot or whatever, and there's a, I don't know if it's a temptation or you kind of forget about the six, right. And you kind of stop and start talking to one of the other guys you were running with. And um, so just, I, you know, that reminder to each other, like, Hey, let's go get the six, you know, let's um, you know, it's just kind of that constant reminder that there's always, always somebody that we could be picking up. Um, and I just witnessed it again this morning at iron packs. Um, at the end, there wasn't one guy running over the finish line at the end. There was five guys running mm-hmm. over the finish line at the end. Um, just helping that last guy through. So as uh, it's, it's definitely, definitely, uh, worth doing that and it'll continue to grow F3 Omaha. For sure. Well, I appreciate that, uh, that insight and advice. I think that's really, really good. I think, you know, the other piece um, that we like to get from from guys, you know, a little more on the uh, kind of the, the fun side here, although I, I think it's all fun, but uh, the, and, and I wish Pony was on today so he could give me crap about asking these questions, but uh, what, uh, you know, over the years, what's, what's become uh, kind of your favorite and, and your least favorite exercise? What are your, what are some of the things you like to do or, or don't like to do? Oh, you're going to hate this answer, but I'd still have to say burpees are my, my worst. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they're not, they're not bad. I can, I can do them better than I used to, but yeah, they, they still suck. Yeah. Uh, um, and most favorite, I don't know. It's, it's a hard one there. Um, I think I've kind of been come to know for Mike used to do a lot of running. Um, so even a, you know, a non-running AO, I'll still get any somewhere between two to three miles in with the guys. Nice. And it depends what we're doing. So yeah, I'd say maybe running is, is high on my list of exercises. That's awesome. I love that because it started as something you didn't think you could do. And now it's like your, it's your thing. I love that. Oh yeah. I I remember years ago having the mindset of, you know, a 5k, no way I'll never run a 5k. And now I run one dang near every day. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I, yeah, that's really cool. And, you know, burpees, it, it actually came up yesterday. We were talking about, you know, they're bad for your back. And, you know, Armbar posted something that says there's really no benefit. And um, for me, it's just the suffering. You know, I just I need some level of suffering and sweat to kind of get to the end of myself. And um, so I, I don't know. I do. I think there's some cardio. I don't know. You'll, you'll get a lot of them then tomorrow when you do iron packs. Yeah, good. <laughs> What, um, the, kind of the last question, and this is really uh, more for you, you know, what, what are, you know, is there anything that you're uh, needing support or encouragement for as we see out there in the gloom that we could say, you know, hey, hey, barn door, check your fly or uh, <laughs> anything there we could be, you know, praying about thinking about for you? Well, I hope in the, in the gloom, I hope I don't have a fly because <laughs> if I'm working out in jeans, it's probably not very comfortable, but uh, um, yeah, just just uh nothing really specific just kind of push me to get out of my comfort zone yeah um i like mufasa like i said and mufasa likes to give me crap for not talking so um yeah get me one-on-one -on -one, get me talking and i'll i'll talk with you okay good no i think that's good get on get on a pre-run with with barn door and and have some good conversation well there you go this has been really good. And I, you know, anything else that maybe we didn't cover or anything you would like to share with people that are listening, just any thoughts or anything there? You know, you know, I can't, I can't think of anything. Um, um, this morning in the COT, it was talked about, you know, a lot of people do COTs where they try to come up with, you know, some, motivational quote or whatever it happens to be um, and those are great they've got their place but cot's are also beneficial when you're vulnerable mm -hmm. and, and that again is something i'm i need to work on if you ask my shield lock um so just being vulnerable in your cot's that that again is a good way to make those strong connections with the fellow packs and you know convince them to maybe reach out to some other guys that they know that could, you know, use some, use some of that and take some of that advice or give you advice, you know, whatever you're sharing about. Yeah, man, that's, that's phenomenal advice. Cause I think, you know, there's a tendency maybe to have it be inspirational or motivational. And um, I think the, I mean, it's super inspiring when you hear a guy just be himself and be honest and kind of lay it out there. And um, you know, I, I think, um, yeah, that's something we can all do a better job of. So thanks for saying that. Um, well, this is, this is, again, this has been great. And if, if next time I see you, I'm going to ask you, uh, maybe I'll ask you a really vulnerable question, one-on-one, uh, <laughs> -on -one, kind of two-for-one there. Let's, uh, we'll take us out in a, a name-a-rama here. I'll start us off. Uh, Brandon Flea Hardy, 36, The Plague. The Plague. Lane Misek, 39, Barn Door. Barn Door. And it, it should be a zipper sound, right? Instead of an actual barn door, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think I think there've been there's been some guys that tried the zipper sound, but I don't think it stuck. Okay, just the just the barn door creak is the. Yep. Well, that, that's what stuck. That came from Tater Top. Yeah. Well, this 